0: Welcome to your Safe Space The Podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are back with an AMA on air. It's Ask Me Anything, my favorite type of episodes to give to you guys. It is where you send through your questions and I give you my hot take. Of course, it is not a replacement for professional mental health help or support. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. As I said, these are short, sharp juicy and I've got some juicy questions in today's show. So we're going to get right into it. You will also be able to resubmit questions again for season two once I'm back from my Europe holiday. But question number one, how do I deal with feelings of resentment towards my partner after watching the Barbie movie? And spoiler alert, because I am going to talk about some things in the movie, and if you have not watched and you want to watch, skip ahead three to four or five minutes, because I will speak about some things that are shown there. I am also wearing a pink jumper because I wanted to channel the Barbie energy, but I feel this so deeply in my heart, and when I read it, I thought to myself, so many people may be able to relate. Because I have seen, again, some things on TikTok, some discourse in on social media about this. Obviously, elephant in the room, I'm not in a relationship, but I think if I was, I probably would have some resentment too. I also feel like I have some exes who probably wouldn't have even watched it with me, who would have made me feel like shit for watching it, or who would have rejected it or told me that like the movie was stupid or didn't even like support my excitement about it. And so I thought that was fascinating for me to reflect. On myself about my own relationships and the people I chose to date in the past. I also felt resentment in general as a society, like for society as a whole. And I saw this TikTok and I think it summed it up perfectly. It said, I'm just thinking about how the Barbie movie was Greta's way of snapping us out of the patriarchy trends, the same way the Barbies were doing to the Kendon Barbies when they were trying to get their Barbie land back. And so I just want to validate this listener for a second what you're feeling I think is normal and a typical response to a movie which was so jarring and powerful and deep in a, in a good way, right? I thought the movie was deep. I thought there were very important themes touched on. I thought there were very certain, certain moments that really like got my attention and I'm going to explain what those were now. Again, spoilers. So please skip ahead if you don't want to listen to this. But some key moments when I did a double take. <laughs> the first one was How when it was Barbie land and everything was perfect, the Kens weren't suffering. They weren't. The Barbies weren't subjecting the Kens to harassment. They weren't making them serve them. They weren't being objectified. They weren't being sexualized. The Kens were just not the main characters. But when... It was the Kens in charge and it became the Kendom. They stole the Barbies' property. They damaged Barbies' property. They brainwashed the Barbies and they established the patriarchy in Barbieland. And I just thought the difference in the way that the Kens and the Barbies acted was fascinating. On top of this, and it pissed me off, but Barbie apologized to Ken for leading him on when He never apologized for brainwashing her, for stealing her property, for trashing her property. He did so many terrible things to Barbie. And at the end, he still thought that he was going to end up with her. And she had to be the one to console him and make him feel better and force him to go learn about himself and go look inwards. And that pissed me off too. (laughs) I also was angry at that scene where they were rollerblading. And Ken says to Barbie, I feel admire. And Barbie said to Ken that she felt unsafe and she felt self-conscious and she felt insecure. And she said, there's definitely an undercurrent of violence. And I thought to myself, hasn't that just been about every woman ever? When you're walking down the street, it doesn't even have to be dark. It doesn't even have to matter what you've got on, but you feel unsafe, especially if you're by yourself. Like I feel like so many people could have resonated in that moment. There was another moment in the movie when... One of the interns at Mattel said, I'm a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? And that pissed me off because I worked very corporate, for a long time and I existed in these companies that didn't really have women in the CEO positions they didn't really have women in upper management and I struggled a lot working in the construction industry as a woman and also in companies being the only woman often in a team and I just think I had so much repressed stuff that came up after that and I think also the general behavior of the CEO of Mattel obviously love Will Farrell, but the way that he treated Gloria, like he had no regard for her. He didn't want to have her idea about selling the normal Barbie until it made him money and he didn't even know her name and when he was saying that they needed to find her, like he couldn't even address her properly. Like I just found that quite fascinating. Also the fact that Mattel had not one woman in power or any of their important positions. I also found it very interesting how Barbie was told to get back in the box but Ken never was and the fact that I have also been the long-term distance, low commitment, casual girlfriend to many of my exes. And then lastly, this made me cry so much, but the part where Ruth says, we mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they have come. And it just made me reflect about the things my mother had to sacrifice, the things my mother has done, and then also the things that maybe my dad hasn't done or the things that my dad has done. And it made me a bit sad. And so when I left the movie, I felt a bit angry and I text my best friend because she watched it too. And she was angry as well when she left. And so I feel like this resentment is normal. I feel like it's okay. I feel like it is a normal response to watching something like that because I think watching it, as a woman was really hard to watch and really hard to digest. And I think it goes without saying, I'm going to say it, not all men, right? I'm not sitting here saying I hate men or anything like that. Not at all. And I think that's why Alan was so important in the movie because he showed that he wasn't like the rest of the Kens and he was that not one in a million, but it was proof that like another type of man does exist out there. And so I can definitely see how this resentment may build in a romantic relationship. And for this listener, I'm sorry that you're experiencing this right now. And I also don't know what your partner is doing or what your partner is not doing. So I feel like I can't give you more guided advice. But what I will say is this, sit down and reflect before you speak to your partner and see, is this resentment coming from the movie? Or is this resentment actually coming from things your partner is doing in their life day to day or behavior or the way that they are treating you? Reflect on that first. And then what I want you to do is if it is from the movie, talk about it with your friends, speak about it and speak about your frustration because I know I felt better after talking to my bestie and I even feel better after talking to you guys about it. And maybe some of you watched the movie and didn't think that deeply about it, but I definitely did. And there are people out there who probably feel the same and have that same resentment. So try to chat to them about it. Or if your resentment is coming from things that your partner is actually doing, then I think you do need to have a conversation and bring up what actions it is that is concerning to you or what behaviors are concerning to you and see if you can firstly have that conversation. And secondly, can your partner work towards helping you get to that point where you feel like you're being treated better or where you are being treated better. And I know that it could also be a level deeper than that where you can't even speak about it. And maybe it's a values misalignment between you two. And I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, break up with your partner after the Barbie movie. No, fuck no, that's not what I'm saying. I think if there are things bothering you, you do need to talk about it. Hopefully you can work through it. If you can't, that is another conversation that maybe needs to be had as well. And so good luck to this listener. I hope you're okay. You can come and get some support in the Facebook group if you want. I will delay the upload of this episode just in case other people want to watch it in case they haven't already. And yeah, sending you so much love. Question number two, what would you tell your 25-year-old self knowing what you know now coming from a very scared 25-year-old? And I got this question last night and I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, like I just want to hug you and tell you, don't be scared. Well, no, I don't want to tell you, don't be scared, because I think you can feel any emotions that you want to feel, but I'm going to give you some guidance and hopefully make you feel a little bit better. Now, I know I'm just 30, I turned 30 in March, so I'm only five years older than you, and some people may be rolling their eyes, and I'm not sitting here saying I'm so wise, I've got all the wisdom in the world, not at all, but I'm happy to share with you what I wish I told myself at 25. The first thing is that your 20s, I like this really whack year, right? Everyone expects you to be an adult. Everyone expects you to know what you're doing. Everyone expects that you've got it all figured out when in reality, you're a child who's just left school or just left uni or is straight out into the workforce and straight into reality and are figuring out who they are. Their brain is still developing. Your brain is still developing in your 20s and it's a very confusing. It's a very scary. It's a very unusual time of your life because there are so many uncertain things about it and so you do feel lost. You don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's confusing but it does get better. And the older you get, the easier it does get. And so I know the future seems very overwhelming and very uncertain. That's normal. That's a given. I'm here to tell you that even when you get to 30 and maybe when I get to 40 and maybe when I get to 50 and maybe when I get to 60, it'll still be the same. But I still think the future is uncertain and scary right now. But the only difference is that you get better at accepting it. You get better at navigating it and handling it with grace. And you do get older and wiser. And you know that whatever happens, you'll be able to push through it because you end up pushing through quite a few things in your 20s. And what I mean by that is that the older you get and the longer you are around, the more likely you are to experience some things that We maybe don't think about experiencing all the hardships, the challenges, the ups, the downs. You do learn to adapt through it though, and you will move through it. You'll also make mistakes and just know that it's okay to make a mistake. You can be a good person and still make mistakes and still learn from them and do better. It's not the end of the world and one bit of advice that I will always tell myself is that if I'm upset over something, whether it's something I did or something someone else did, I think to myself, will this matter in five years from now? Will this matter in 10 years? Will this matter in 15 years? And if it doesn't, I try to let it go. I also try to focus on just controlling what I can control and releasing everything else outside of my control so that I can try to live and move through life in peace. And I also used to wish my time away. I don't know about you guys, but I remember being a kid and I wanted to be an adult so badly. I wanted to have my license. I wanted to pay bills. I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to grow up. I wanted to, you know, just not be a kid anymore. And I wish that I didn't wish my time away and I don't have regrets, but I wanted to be older so badly And as I'm getting older now, I wish I just appreciated where I was at that point in time because you're never going to be the age you are right now. And I hope that we all get to live really long, happy, healthy lives. But I just wish I appreciated where I was at that point, even if I felt lost, even if I was scared, even if I didn't know where I was going. And so my overarching advice is be compassionate to yourself always you will be okay. I know your twenties are very scary and confusing, but they don't last forever. And looking back now as someone who is, entering their 30s, I can look back on my 20s and think they were like the training wheels years, right? Like I had my training wheels on, I was getting ready for my 30s and I feel like my 30s are going to be so much better than my 20s, but I appreciate my 20s for what they were too. I'll also recommend you listening to my 30 lessons before 30. I did a two-part episode back in March. There are so many good tips and tricks in there. Please go and listen to them because I think you'll be able to find some comfort as well. But don't panic. You're doing amazing. You're right on track. You're right on time and I've got you. All right. Our last question for the show is question number three, how to save for a house, car, and a holiday all at once. I'm looking for a house, but I need a car and mentally I need a holiday. And so before we get into this question, I just want to say this is not financial advice. I'm just going to be giving some very general tips and tricks to this listener, but how exciting for them because I think three big items at once, I think it can be exciting, but it also can be challenging. And I don't think it matters what your financial goal is as such. I think any financial goal that you're working towards can still be a bit of a challenge. And so I'm gonna give you some very general tips and tricks and how I would approach this. I also think with some adjustments and planning and prioritizing, you can get this and can achieve it. I think there's this advice that my mortgage broker said to me, and she maybe even said it on this podcast, but she said, You can have it all, just not at once. And I think it's so true for something like this. And so the first thing that you should do is sit down and prioritize each of these things. So I know you said you need all three of them, but when I read that question, I think to myself, does the car seem more important? Do you need it to transport you to places? Are you needing it to get to and from work? Maybe it's to take the kids somewhere. Maybe it's to take yourself somewhere. Also, I don't know if you have kids. I'm just adding that as an example. But maybe you do need that urgently. And then with your holiday, is that something that you can do on a smaller scale? Is it something that you can do as a weekend away as opposed to booking flights somewhere? Is there a way that you can achieve that with keeping it under budget or within budget so that you can then purchase the car and continue saving for the house. Obviously, the house is the biggest ticket item out of everything. And I don't think it matters whether you're buying a house or a unit or an apartment or a townhouse or a villa, whatever it is. Typically, saving for that deposit is a really big lump sum. If you've got that lump sum already, amazing. But if you don't, It takes a lot of time to save for something like that and I know it might be unpopular to say this but I think people may forget how long it does take to save for property or how long it takes to save a deposit because it is the largest chunk of money that you'll probably ever have in your bank account. It's also the biggest purchase that you're probably going to make in your lifetime too and it does take time to save up and work towards something like that and so I don't know what your exact financial situation is, but can you weigh it up where maybe you're buying a secondhand car or maybe you're buying a cheaper car? Maybe you don't need to buy the top version of the car that you're looking at. Maybe you can scale that back. Maybe you can do a cheaper holiday. Maybe you continue saving for the house. And so weigh those up. And then tip number two is to get very clear with the dollar amounts and what you need. And so if you've done that first part of the activity, this part should be very clear and very easy. But it is essentially figuring out what you need to save for each of those things and then working that into your budget, which is the last tip. So take a look at all of your income, all of your expenses and see where your money is going and what is happening to your money once it hits your bank account. Then I would say, how can you work in those amounts and work towards that savings goal? So I'll give you an example, right? Let's say you want to save $2,000 for your holiday. What can you do to save that $2,000 over the next, I don't know, three months, six months, 12 months, and setting up like a separate savings account for that where you can then put money aside each pay cycle, whether you get paid weekly, fortnightly, monthly, to start ticking that goal off. While you're doing your budget, I think it's a really good time to also look at, can you decrease any of your spending? Maybe it's cutting back on subscriptions. Maybe you're cutting out anything that you don't use. Any ways that you can kind of decrease that spending or decrease your expenses. And then is there also a way that you can increase your income too? Because I think that's the way that you kind of play with the budget in the most easiest, effective way. And then the last thing I'll say is to have a separate savings account with the title of what you're saving for so that you can actually see the money going up and you can see that behavior. And it almost reinforces you to keep saving towards it because you can see it growing. I think psychologically, that's really helpful as well. And then be really persistent and just know that it does take a bit of time. It does take a bit of effort. You will eventually get there though. And the other thing that I like to do is every like six to 12 months, I'll do a check-in of my own budget just to make sure I can see where my money's going. I know what I'm doing with my money, but maybe that also looks like just checking with how you're going with your financial situation. Are you still saving? Are you spending on things that are in line with your values? Do you need to adjust the savings plan and then go from there? As I said, you definitely can work towards this, And if you are still struggling, I recommend getting help from like a professional in the finance industry, whether that is a broker to possibly help you with the house situation. Maybe it's even a financial planner down the track as well. And there are resources and people out there that can assist you to kind of get you on that track. I'll also put a link to the budget template from the MyGov or it's the money website. It's like a government website. You can use that budget template if you don't have one already, but good luck Don't forget along the way as well to celebrate your wins. I know when you are in a saving cycle and I was like this when I was saving for my property, but it is a lot. Your money hits your account. You just save it, save it, save it. And I think it's important to reward yourself along the way to still enjoy life and to still have some kind of balance because you just don't want to be working really hard and then not having any fun either. So try to find that balance. But obviously, I understand that when you're saving, it does take sacrifice too, but find that middle ground. Good luck to this listener. We're thinking of you. We're rooting for you. And I hope that you can get on that holiday, get that car and get your house soon. All right, guys, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for listening. If you are not already, follow us on Instagram, Your Safe Space Pod. Follow me at Adalmarie. Marie. Leave us a review on Apple. Leave us a rating on Spotify. And if you love this episode, share it on your story while you're listening. And yeah, tag us in it because I can't wait to see. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Bye.